your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 329 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today, going to start with part two of our interview with Alyssa Hope. Alyssa has a YouTube channel with 60,000 plus subscribers. If you go to YouTube.com and you type in Alyssa Hope, it will take you right there. A lot of fun, interesting videos on her channel. Uh, My personal favorite, as far as recurring series is concerned, is her Top Jerk Moments series. I think most people would probably like that, especially if there's a player that you're not too fond of. Uh, But I definitely recommend checking out her channel. I will leave a link in the description to this episode. The only other thing I wanted to do today, of course, we're going to play the interview with Alyssa Hope first, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the sit-down interview that Henrik Lundqvist just did with Kevin Weeks on the NHL Network. It's actually a three-parter. If you missed part one, you can check that out on YouTube as well. The whole interview is there, or at least part one of the interview. And it also sounds like part two will air on Wednesday at 4 p.m. on NHL Now on NHL Network. So it will have aired by the time you're hearing this. And then part three is going to air on Thursday, also at 4 p.m., also on NHL Now, also on NHL Network. So like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of today's episode. But for right now, part two of our interview with Alyssa Hope. And just for some context at the very start of our conversation here, we're kind of talking about how some fan bases can sort of single out a certain player on their team and maybe aren't necessarily all that nice to them. We talk about that, and then we also recall some memories of seeing our team win the Stanley Cup. Enjoy. I hear what you're saying about, you know, and it's not just Penguins fans. I mean, every fan base does this to an extent. There's somebody that they kind of go after, somebody they kind of just expect more out of. And the one guy that right. Penguin fans did that with that I was just kind of like scratching my head a little bit was actually Marc-Andre Fleury. And I realized he can be really streaky. He can be up and down. He can go through his funks just like pretty much any goalie can. But like anytime, like I have some friends that are Penguin fans and they talk so bad about mm-hmm. Fleury. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, do I need to play you like the last eight seconds of game seven against Detroit where this guy's flopping all over the ice and winning the Stanley Cup for you guys? Like, I just, I don't get that. You know what I mean? If, yeah, if you, yeah, if you want to get me, get me, you know, enraged and get me going, um, yeah, just, just as a fan, just start talking smack about Mark Andre Fleury because, um, you know, I may be a minority. I know it's, it's funny because if you, you know, um, pay attention on social media that during, or you did during that controversy it was sort of like penguins fans were divided so some were like team murray some were team flurry and i was always team flurry like always from day one i mean obviously like during that um first stanley cup run as far as like me being a fan i mean obviously when the penguins won the cups um i was born in 90s so i mean i was too young to really recall anything but um but during that 09 cup run I remember Fleury just being so special and just being just a big integral part of that. And um, him, he's such a team player. He is so, um, he's so professional and he is just a person that, you know, I think we all kind of deep down want to be just that team player that is, you know, team first mentality, no, no ego. Um, We'll just do what they need to do to help the team win. And, um, and that, 
to me was was one of the reasons why I liked him so well and obviously like the intangibles like I mean his personality his smile I mean the pranks he would pull um and he he was just just a joy I think for guys to be around I know him and Crosby had a sort of like a bromance you know they sat together um on the plane for for years and I even know after um he was gone Crosby was literally like I don't want anybody to sit here because like I just can't, I can't do it. Like nobody can replace this seat. So um, anyways, um, going forward, yeah, whenever, whenever Murray came in, well, actually going back um, after 09, I know that that we had some slumps and I I was actually addressing this a little bit, um, kind of crossed over a little bit with Habs tonight because um, I remember that series against Montreal. It was right around uh, 2010. So we had just won the cup and we went in and we lost to Montreal and, um, I mean, Yaroslav Halak, you know, I wouldn't have looked at him being um, a guy that could kind of outwork Mark Andre Fleury. And obviously, like, it's not all the, on the goalies, but the goalie is, is usually the one that can sway the games the most. So um, looking at it that way, I do believe that those struggles started there. And I remember, um, obviously, we, we had that series against the New York Islanders with Thomas Wakun and coming in and um, it, it literally broke my heart. I mean, it, you know, being a fan, you know, you want to win games, but it's like, it broke my heart seeing Marco Fleury, you know, just over there, you know, struggling and just, I remember he was on the bench and you could just see him putting his head down, like whenever um, he was pulled and it, you just knew, I mean, it was breaking him. And, um, and so for me, I was kind of emotionally tied to that. Um, and obviously I wanted us to win games, but it was a hard time for me um, as a fan, because obviously you're torn. Um, and, I was always, always Team Flurry ever since day one. Um, I have an autographed plaque actually um, from him as a Vegas Golden Knight on my wall. And um, I think one of the first videos actually that I made on my channel was um, <laughs> Mark Andre Flurry to Andrew WK. He's a Pittsburgher, so it fit. Um, oh, that's she's, awesome. <laughs> she's, yeah. yeah, she's beautiful. That's literally the song. Um, yeah, yeah. But going going into those um those back-to-back cups so matt murray came up and you know i i think it was a perfect situation because here's why obviously like flurry was injured um at the beginning and like we needed murray to go in and step in for us but um i think it was a perfect scenario because and sort of if you look at jordan bennington the same kind of scenario you have a young guy coming in and He's, he's an unknown. He's a question mark because, I mean, so much video is watched today. I mean, video all the time. You see the players literally with their iPads on the benches just, like, going over video. And, um, and you can read these goalies after so many games. So they kind of have – I read an article. It was very insightful, kind of a 100-game threshold to where, you know, if they're an unknown, um, you go in on these certain situations and, you know, you don't know what they're going to do and you don't know their weaknesses quite yet. So I think is for Matt Murray, I mean, obviously, you know, he's, he's still um, an NHL goaltender. And I mean, I'm not saying he belongs in like the AHL or anything, but I think that that really benefited him in that scenario, um, being a brand new guy, kind of like Bennington. So um, I think that that worked perfect for us. Obviously, we had, you know, two quality netminders in net that we could rely on. Um, and then obviously in, in 2017, um, Mark Andre Fleury, you know, helped as well um, because it was, you know, reverse role. Um, Murray was actually the one that was injured, and um, and I remember just it it was hard because like Fleury didn't get to finish out that series, so I really wish that like they would have just let him keep playing because he wasn't playing bad. It was just Murray, you know, was able to play again. 
Um, But I really wish as a fan, I could have seen him, you know, pull off those crazy saves and like be the one to jump up with the players at the very end, you know, when we won, because they literally won on my birthday. Like they literally won the Stanley Cup in 2017 on my birthday. So like if they would have... Yeah, yeah, so yeah. best birthday ever. So if Flurry would have been, like, forever ingrained in my mind, being that one to jump up, it just would have meant so much more. But it's okay. They still won the Cup, so why am I complaining? <laughs> there you go, yeah. See, I, it's different for me because you've gotten a couple of Stanley Cups in, you know, fairly recent uh, history here. And the funny thing is yes. when the when the Rangers won the Cup and, of course, broke the, the, the curse back in 1994, I was only seven years old when it happened. So, like, I'm old enough that I can remember it and I can, like, right. you know, very – very faint memories and it's cool and everything. And it's fun to look back. But the one thing I wish that like I understood at that time was like just how special it really is because man, this, this is the hardest championship to win in any sport. I mean, you'll never change my mind on that. And I mean, yep. look how, I mean, look one Stanley cup for the Rangers in the past 81 years. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was great, but man, I just wish I, I took it in a little bit more than I did. You know what I mean? My buddy, um, shout out Scott, he's a huge Rangers fan, and he said he's going to listen to this, so um, so he was definitely right there with you. Um, biggest Rangers fan I know, and uh, he's one of my good friends, so uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I hear, I chirp him a little bit whenever the Pens are about to play the Rangers, actually, I chirped him uh, whenever Buffalo was about to play uh, y'all, and, and, and I think I jinxed it, because Buffalo actually beat you all, so there's yeah, that. Yeah, that was rough, that was rough. <laughs> Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, speaking of chirps, I I definitely had to hear it a lot from Penguin fans back in 2014 because, of course, the Rangers and the Penguins meet in the second round of the playoffs that year. The Rangers win game one in overtime. You're thinking, all right, here we go, here we go. And then the Penguins win the next three games. Then, of course, uh, the team rallies around Marty St. Louis. And, you know, game seven mm-hmm. is just a complete nail-biter. The Rangers win two to one. I will say that is my favorite moment in Ranger versus Penguin history. But I will allow you to uh, share your favorite moment. Is there any <laughs> uh, win win for the Penguins or, or like, uh, anything in the playoffs? Anything really at all that, that comes to your mind? Your favorite okay. moment in Ranger-Penguin history, yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is, this is going to just really be just funny, um, in general, cause looking back, like it was just so humorous. So like, I just like at the time, obviously like back then, like what you're talking, I think, I think the Penguins and the Rangers had more of a rivalry, like early, I mean, maybe you can attest to this, but like early in the 2010s, would you say that? Well, like a little more, cause like the playoffs, like we were always meeting all the time and like, we yeah. haven't really had an intense playoff series since, I mean, for a while. Um, anyways, I remember <laughs> Crosby and Lundqvist had um, a rivalry, and you can probably um, agree with me there, but oh, yeah. they, they had a lot of back and forth. Um, and 
and probably just just because like I said it's just so humorous and you just you want to watch that clip over and over and just laugh because it was just funny but uh but Lundquist uh whenever Crosby was down um on on the ice Lundquist goes by and I think he got fined for this but he had his water bottle and he like literally squirts Crosby in his face (laughs) that was pretty funny yeah yeah he did indeed get fined for that during the postseason was that during the postseason um I'm trying to remember remember that one yeah, I I feel like I would remember it a little bit more vividly if it was the postseason because like okay, if the Rangers, not. yeah, if, if the Rangers are in the playoffs, like a hundred percent, I'm watching the game, and I don't right. really remember that happening. Doesn't mean it didn't happen in the playoffs. I just don't distinctively remember it that way. Yeah, yeah, okay, because yeah, but but looking back, yeah, that was just it was just so funny. Like and and Lundqvist, obviously, like a stand up guy. Like he was just he was a, a, a such such a competitor, and it was. Um, very, very interesting and funny to see um, them going so hard at it all the time. And um, obviously, like, best wishes to him moving forward with um, with his heart and everything. Yeah. And I know that was really hard on my um, my friend Scott whenever, you know, he got that news. And um, he was really, like, you know, kind of heartbroken about it. But wanting him to win that Stanley Cup and everything oh, in yeah. Washington. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I mean, this – the feeling that I had when Lundqvist went to the Capitals is that, okay, well, obviously the Rangers are my team, but if they don't make the playoffs or they get knocked out of the playoffs or whatever, I will be the biggest bandwagon Capitals fan you've ever seen for no reason other than the fact that I just <laughs> want to see Henrik Lundqvist win the Stanley Cup. It's really just that simple, you know? See, that was, ex- yeah, that was exactly me. Like whenever um, Vegas went on, I mean, some people, they probably thought from the outside looking in, like I was a bandwagon fan, but whenever Vegas, you know, Marco DeFleury, you know, basically getting dumped, I mean, out into the expansion draft after everything he did and just like, Hey, see ya, you know, bye. Um, yeah. anyway, so when he, he went to Vegas and, um, and then they went on that historic run, you know, broke all these records, just went, you know, it was crazy. And so I probably appeared to be one of those like bandwagoners, but really I was just cheering for flurry cause I just wanted him to win the cup so bad and, and just do that again and be successful. Yeah. It would have been cool for sure. Uh, and, um, you know, one other question I wanted to ask for you. First of all, I mean, any uh, any predictions for these two games? I mean, could be a final score for one of them or who's going to win the games or somebody who's going to get on the score sheet, somebody who's going to have a big couple of games. Any Anything for these next two games? You know, um, I will say, I think, I know the Rangers actually have been getting hot lately. Obviously, they, I mean, they lost to Buffalo. I mean, that's obviously kind of not good, but yeah. um, not one you want to see. But I yeah. think... Um, Mika, they got Panarin back, and, and Mika um, Zibanejad has been heating up more. I know Adam Fox has been a stud for y'all on the back end, um, and I know there's a lot of guys that can put up points there. And um, so I will say that I don't think it's going to be as easy maybe as the Penguins are anticipating or are wanting it, uh, it to be. And I think the Rangers are in that place where they're kind of like they're trying to push and they're trying to fight for that um, that fourth spot there. Um, because things, I think they're, you know, starting to kind of get their momentum back. And things are always so close um, in our division, as you know. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of like the North. Um, <laughs> not quite as, you know, um, high-scoring games as the North, obviously, but um, it's very close and competitive. So I would say uh, a player from my team that I expect and will be putting up points, obviously, is Sidney Crosby. He was um, the first star of the month of March in the league um, just because of his point production. Uh, he has been really lighting it up lately and gelling well, obviously, um, with Jake Getzel on his line. And it's been uh, always a treat to see him play. And um, I really feel like um, 
I'm sure Brandon Tanev will be on the scoreboard as well. He's been really a great um, addition for us, and I know a lot of people were worried about that contract, but um, we call him Turbo for a reason because he's always, you know, flying around the ice, hitting guys, and, and doing the things, um, you know, that you need to do to win and, and get in those dirty areas. But um, I will say I'm predicting the series, I think it'll be 1-1. Yeah, yeah I think, I think so, too. I, I do think it'll probably end up being a split. I, I just feel like they've played some competitive games already this season. And, you know, both teams yes. are, are kind of looking to make their move here. The Rangers trying to get back into it. And, of course, the Penguins yes. looking to basically, you know, tighten their grip on on their playoff standing. So, yeah, I mean, I think for the Rangers, I, I think the one prediction I'm going to throw out there is that Vitaly Kravtsov, who made his NHL debut in this most recent game against the Buffalo Sabres, I'm going to say he gets either his first goal or his first assist in one of these next two games. I know Ranger fans are Really excited about him, and he came within a hair of getting the uh, would have been probably the game-winning goal late in the third period against Buffalo. But uh, Alyssa, this was a ton of fun. Uh, one other thing I wanted oh, yeah. to ask you before we before we call it here is, um, you know, for anyone who might be interested in checking out your YouTube channel, is there a certain video that you're most proud of, or one that might be a good place for you know a new viewer to start? Anything like that that you want to throw out there? Yes. Um, so I think for a new viewer um, that's just getting into it, maybe the five facts series. I feel like a lot of people enjoy those. They just enjoy learning about hockey players off the ice and kind of where they came from and maybe things that maybe they wouldn't know. I try to do, you know, be versatile and do multiple teams and uh, players, you know, that are that are well known. But but I try to cover all the NHL and, and do all teams as far as that series goes. All right. Good stuff. And uh, once again, uh, thank you so much for joining. And uh, we'll have to do this again. Somewhere Thanks for down having me. Yeah, Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Yeah. You got it. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so once again, a big thanks to Alyssa Hope for joining the show here. And for the record, she was actually right that did happen in the playoffs, that incident between Henrik Lundqvist and Sidney Crosby. Uh, for some full context, that was actually Game 6 in 2014 in the second round. Uh, the Rangers won that game 3-1 to one to force a Game 7 back in Pittsburgh, and Lundqvist was indeed fined for that incident. He got fined $5,000 for that. 
I really didn't remember that happening in the playoffs, but my assumption there is that I was probably just in such a frenzy at that point because that series was absolutely crazy. You guys know, anybody who's listened to this show for any amount of time, I do tend to wax poetic about that series every now and then. The Rangers, of course, coming back from three games to one. I don't remember that incident, and it's one of those things if you're not really looking for it, because I went back on YouTube just a second ago and uh, looked up the incident of Lundqvist, you know, scoring Crosby with the water bottle. And, uh, you know, if you're not really looking for it, it's kind of hard to notice. But basically, uh, Crosby and Dominic Moore were kind of tied up, and they, you know, they're going at it a little bit. Then the next thing you know, uh, Kunitz basically sucker punches Dominic Moore, and then there's a big skirmish. Dan Girardi knocks Crosby down to the ice, and Lundquist is skating by, and he just casually, like, he's got the the water bottle in his uh, blocker hand, I believe it was, and just squirts him in the face and in the head as he's skating by. It was actually pretty funny to look back on. But yeah, that was a playoff game, game six in 2014 to be exact. Uh, but once again, you know, anybody who might be listening to this show for the first time who's a fan of Alyssa's channel, if you're a Ranger fan, and really even if not, we'd love for you to stick around here. We have a lot of fun just talking about the Rangers, talking about hockey every single day. And if you happen to be a fan of some other NHL team, there's a Locked On podcast for you as well. In fact, all 31 teams do have their own daily podcast. So if you're a fan of, I don't know, the Coyotes, the Blackhawks, the Penguins, the Panthers, whoever it might be, there's a Locked On daily podcast for you. So definitely check that out as well. And for anybody who, again, might be hearing about Alyssa's channel for the first time, I definitely recommend checking that out as well. Once again, I will leave a link in the description. She really does some great work there, and I highly recommend it. But the last thing I want to do today is to talk a little bit about this uh, sit-down interview that Henrik Lundqvist just did with Kevin Weeks, like we mentioned in the intro. Uh, part one aired on the NHL Network on Tuesday, and part two is going to air on Wednesday. By the time you're hearing this, it will have already aired. And then part three will be on Thursday. The interview, to be exact, is 12 minutes and 10 seconds long, at least the first part of the interview. And just wanted to share my thoughts on that real quick right here, right now. First and foremost, and most importantly, Henrik Lundqvist definitely seemed to be in good spirits throughout this entire interview. Him and Weeks were laughing a couple of times, making a couple of jokes. Uh, but he did acknowledge that it was very hard for him, even before the open heart surgery and everything that happened during this offseason. Uh, he acknowledged that it was hard when his role with the Rangers changed last season because, I mean, think about it. He's been the guy for the Rangers for basically a decade and a half. And then, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers kind of go with the youth movement. They go with the rebuild and they want to get Igor Shesterkin in there. And understandably so. I mean, Igor Shesterkin certainly seems like he's going to be uh, the goalie of the future for the Rangers. And of course, the Rangers wanted to mix Alex Georgiev in there as well. So he acknowledged that it was difficult, but he also mentioned that he could kind of see it coming. You know, he could read the writing on the wall a little bit. Um, but he said he was eventually able to find a place of gratitude for all the years that he spent in New York and that he was ready for the change, ready to go to Washington, D.C., become a member of the Capitals, and it was a challenge that he was beginning to embrace. He also admitted to being in a tough place when you know he found out about his heart condition, found out that he needed open-heart surgery, and found out that he was going to miss, uh, or well, it seems like he was going to miss this entire season. It does sound like maybe the door is cracked ever so slightly for a Henrik Lundqvist return, but you know, first things first, obviously health and safety and happiness, all that stuff comes before hockey, uh, but he mentioned that the specialist told him, you know, he got a call from the specialist because he knew something was not good with his heart, uh, but when he got the call from the specialist, they told him basically that... Uh, it was worse than they thought. And at that point, uh, Henrik Lundqvist admitted there was no, like, should I or shouldn't it play? I mean, he knew that hockey was definitely going to have to go onto the back burner at that point. And then two weeks after that, said he was on a hospital bed in Cleveland preparing to go under the knife for open-heart surgery. And even saying that now, you know, it just kind of hits you a little bit. It's no joke. And Lundqvist recalls, you know, the day of his surgery, he was outside the operating room, and he was wondering to himself, you know, geez, I'm going to go in that room 
and they're going to open my chest and a machine is going to keep me alive. And again, you know, you say all that out loud right now and it, it makes you realize like, man, like this was serious. Like Henrik Lundqvist, you just don't expect something like this to happen to really anybody, much less one of the greatest goaltenders that frankly has ever lived. And he mentioned that it was important for him in that moment to kind of give up control because he's so used to being so prepared and and just, you know, going through the daily grind of playing hockey and preparing so hard for these games and being in control. He said what helped him was to finally just kind of give up control there. And they asked him, the doctors this is, they asked him if he had anything he wanted to say, you know, before obviously the surgery began. And uh, this was kind of funny. He kind of just apparently he just looked at them and said, uh, just do good. And, and that was pretty much all he had to say to them. And uh, they asked him what kind of music he likes. They put on some John Mayer for him. And then uh, after that, Lundquist said the next thing he remembered was waking up. Said the first week was a battle, had a couple of setbacks, but he just kind of learned to take it step by step. And he actually compared it to taking a hockey game, you know, a period by a period, just going step by step all the way through it. He mentioned that several times. That was kind of a theme throughout this interview, just taking everything step by step. But this part was tough to hear because, you know, obviously COVID, very prevalent in the world. I mean, it still is a thing. I think things are definitely moving in the right direction. But obviously, you know, when all this was happening, COVID was obviously causing a lot of heartache and a lot of problems around this country and around this world. And because of COVID, his kids couldn't see him. And apparently, uh, Henrik Lundqvist's wife took his two daughters to the parking lot. So I guess they could kind of see him. He didn't really go into the specific details here, but from what I could gather from the way he explained this, it sounds like uh, his wife and his kids could see him from the parking lot, but that he was in the building and I guess behind the glass. So obviously he can't hug them or anything like that. And he said that that was uh, probably the hardest part of the whole thing for him. It was an emotional moment for him. And I'm sure it would be. I mean, I, I think that pretty much goes without saying. Uh, but then it was cool, you know, he kind of shared some pictures with Weeks, Kevin Weeks was doing this interview, shared some pictures on his iPad or whatever the device is. Uh, basically, there were some pictures of him standing outside the Capitals arena. That was before he knew that he needed open heart surgery. He had a picture of his two daughters skating on the Capitals rink. And then he also showed a picture of himself uh, laying in the hospital bed uh, with a pretty good sized scar, basically just going right down the center of his chest. He was hooked up to wires and the whole nine yards. And you know, he said he kind of just brought the same approach that he takes to hockey to this entire process. He said it was game time when he was in the hospital. And then when he got out, he said it was like, okay, on to the next series, almost like a playoff run for the Rangers. But, uh, you know, obviously, all the best to Henrik Lundqvist. It, it's nice that it seems like he's in good spirits. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the other two parts of this interview. And obviously, we'll talk about that on here as well. And again, I can't stress this enough. Health, safety, happiness, that stuff all comes before hockey. But I have said this on here a couple of times, and I'll say it again. It will be the storybook ending to end all storybook endings if Henrik Lundqvist somehow, some way, comes back and plays hockey. First of all, that in and of itself is amazing, to undergo open-heart surgery. And they didn't really talk about it in this interview. I think that they'll probably get into it in the other two parts of the interview. But I believe the door is at least, again, somewhat cracked for him to return to the Capitals this season. It's something that's been mentioned. And Henrik Lundqvist has been back on the ice, you know, just kind of playing goal and, and facing some shots and just kind of going through his routine there. So it would be amazing to see him come back. But the storybook ending, to end all storybook endings, is Henrik Lundqvist somehow, some way, whether it's this year with the Capitals, whether it's next year with the Capitals, whether it's next year with some other team, the storybook ending, to end all storybook endings, is Henrik Lundqvist lifting that Stanley Cup over his head at the end of what was just an amazing uh, Hall of Fame career. And again, can't stress this enough, health and safety first, but it's hard to be a fan of the Rangers. It's hard to be a fan of Henrik Lundqvist and not at least uh, think of that dream conclusion for Henrik Lundqvist in his NHL hockey career. But 
That's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you, as always, for tuning in. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.